Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right, thank you, Dan, and welcome, everybody, to another Marketing Experiments web clinic. We are live, and um, I'm seeing people already uh, putting in comments into the Q&A function of GoToWebinar. I'm actually here subbing for Dr. Flint. He couldn't make it today. He had some traveling ads to, to attend to, but nevertheless, we're going to give you the most value that we possibly can, and we've got a team here ready to just deliver. And, and honestly, my objective today, what I really want to do is I want to help you walk away after the next 35 minutes with uh, what I would call kind of a blueprint or a framework in which you can evaluate your page templates and actually begin to come to the optimal page template design for your site. Um, So without further ado, let's get started. First things first, uh, if you're unfamiliar with our webinar, you know, kind of type, we love audience interaction. Uh, We absolutely love it. We want you to participate. There's a Q&A function on GoToWebinar. Also, there's hashtag web clinic. We have a team, a full production team standing by right now looking at your questions, funneling through them so that I can see them, I can interact with them, and and, uh, respond to them. And in addition to me on the team here, I've actually, um, we have Paul Chaney who's standing by as well taking questions. Uh, I don't want you to be deceived by his title. Um, I kind of... We kind of reference Paul as kind of the lore master of Mech Labs. He, I, I don't know anybody who's quite has been through every single test protocol as he has. He's actually going to be here answering your questions behind the scenes and funneling questions to me. He is a big part of putting these findings together for you guys, so I just wanted to point that out and let you know we've got a full team here ready to help you. Um, as all uh, webinars start here, let's start with an experiment. All right. We've got an online printing company. They specialize in delivering printed marketing materials with minimal turnaround. That's extremely important. When we were working with this particular partner, our goal in this particular test was to try and understand which page would get the most purchases, and we were actually dealing with a product page. So one particular product page, which one is going to come out with the most purchases? So that means two or three or four pages down the line, and using an AB variable cluster test. Let's take a look at the control. Version A, uh, the control, uh, if you take a look here, we've kind of got a standard product page template. And um, as you can see, you've got, um, you know, your image, you've got your headline, you've got some uh, bullets, and then you've got a number of tabs with the product details, um, you know, uh, cost calculator since, you know, we are dealing with marketing materials here. And here at the bottom, just, you know, more uh, copy into the, the tabs and then, some buttons and for people in order to get started. Now, typically what we would do is we would show you the following treatment, but before we do that, I want to get your thoughts. Tell me what you would do to this page. How would you improve this page? What would you test in this page in order to see a difference in performance? Got focus. I see focus. Um, that's from Paul, it looks like, or um, produce info from Malcolm. Okay, we've got photos and Swanson. Too much going on, too busy. Bolder headline, colors, buttons move up, headlines, larger images, test tabs, form simplification, um, iPath, less text, call to action above a fold, remove navigation, 
So as you can see, what we've got, um, we've got a number of people chiming in right now. Too static, lose the nav, simpler graphics. Uh, a lot of different changes. And, and you guys are smart. You, maybe you've tested some of this before. But how would you feel if I told you that we could find a significant increase without changing any of the content? What would you say if I told you that just by resequencing the content, we could actually see a difference in performance. Now, let's think about that, what I'm saying for a minute. We've got visitors who are coming here who are, their sole reason for being attracted to this product and to this site was the speed in which they could get the marketing materials. If you think a little bit more about their story and what they're trying to do, you might come to the conclusion that they're in a hurry, or at least the majority of them are in a hurry, Right? So keeping that in mind, let's look at the page in that context. If you look at the page in that context, it almost looks like it's, it's almost like trying to have a sales pitch from Yoda, right? I mean, I can't understand what you're saying just because I can't understand, like, how you're saying it, right? You know, if, if I were to, you know, it's like uh, flyers I can make for you, um, Great printing you will have. It, it just, it's almost like I have to sort through the information just to figure out what it's saying and then to come to a conclusion. That's what our research team hypothesized. Excuse me. They thought that, you know, the content could use some improvement. I mean, there could be some forceful value proposition potential here, but what if we just help visitors understand what it ex exactly they could do, why they should do it, and where they could go next? So this is what they did. As you can see at the top, not much difference, right? But I want you to pay closer attention moving farther down. We've added just a little uh, graphic, a one, and a little two, select next step. But apart from that, that was pretty much it. We simply just resequenced the information to help customers come to a conclusion faster because we hypothesized that the kind of information they needed to make a decision was right there, easy to understand. What were the results? 87% more. That's purchases. That's not clicks. That's not necessarily people clicking into the next step. We're actually seeing more purchases. So two, three, or four steps down the line. And we achieved that simply by resequencing the product information. We didn't actually change anything in the CMS. And the great thing about this is because changes weren't made in the CMS, we tested it on other product pages. <laughs> 5,003. Yes, this is a real number. I looked at the test protocol and the data myself. Um, I, I was actually overseeing this test when it came in. I remember seeing the results and I was like, wow, it, we've got something here. And then on other pages, we did see increasing click-through as well. And ultimately, this leaves me with a really big question, maybe you, a big question, John, how can I get this kind of difference on my site? How can I make changes to my templates on my site to see this kind of difference in performance? Because oftentimes, uh, this kind of difference in performance can make an entire career change. It could set the course for an entire new career path. Just because you're able to make a significant difference across multiple pages on the entire business unit. That's what I want to help you with today. That's what we're all here to help you with today. We have research that we're going to be going through, and we have seen patterns. And we want to help you see 
templates in a perspective that will allow you to diagnose what could be wrong and then how you could adjust them for these kind of massive gains. And the first place that we need to start is in understanding a page in the context of how people relate and communicate. I actually um, have an interesting story uh, to illustrate this point. Um, for anybody that knows me here, they, they know um, I, I'm kind of a gamer. I like to game, or at least I did when I had time to game. But um, probably, oh gosh, it was like eight or seven or eight years. It was about eight years ago. when I was, It was my last year of college. I had a really bad um, relationship experience. Does anybody have a bad relationship experience? Oh, it was terrible. I was, at the end of it, I was like, I'd never want to date again, <laughs> or at least not for a really long time. I'm just... I'm not good at this. I just keep picking the wrong ones. And so I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do something so I don't have to, like, walk down that path. I'm going to go and play a game, and I'm just going to put all my time there, right? I'm just going to retreat. And so what I do is I choose, um, there's these MMORPGs, um, like World of Warcraft, these games where you have all these people online. Um, they're all playing together, and really you're just there to play a game, you know, group up, kill monsters, things like that. Well, the funny thing is is that, I started. I, I really started putting a lot of time into this game, and and then I uh, started grouping with somebody named Joyce, and um, we started talking, and lighter conversations became heavier conversations. I then visited Jacksonville, and uh, I'm coming up now on my six-year wedding anniversary this year. I was the biggest hypocrite in the world. Um, Totally, because I was trying to run away from relationships and I couldn't. And what I discovered was that the only way that you can shut down a relationship is to clearly get rid of the conversation. Because it doesn't matter where you're at in life. If you can have a conversation with somebody, be it over the Internet, be it in person, that's a way to begin into a relationship. And it's the same thing with web pages. You need to take a look at web pages in that context. And if you think about relationships and conversation, there are really two elements. There's the form, which in a relationship, it's just having a conversation. It's saying something, right? On a web page, this oftentimes this manifests itself headline, subheadline, image, copy. You're using these things to engage them in a conversation, right? And it's the same thing is true. You can't have a relationship unless you say something. I mean, I can't, if, if, if I wanted to actually, you know, get to know Joyce, I had to say hi. I had to introduce myself. We had to talk about something, right? But then there's the other half, which is what we talk about. That is going to change. And it's the same with web pages too, right? You have different prospects. You have different customers with different interests. I probably wouldn't get very far, you know, with my relationship with Joyce if I was talking about monster trucks and martial arts. No, instead I had to find conversation that we were both interested in. I had to focus it on the thing that she was interested in. It's the same thing with our value proposition. We have to help them answer the question, why, if I'm your ideal customer, should I X with you rather than your competitor, right? And it's the same thing in a web page, and it's the same thing in relationships. So what this all comes down to is this. The conversation is universal, but the focus is specific. And as it relates to the templates, what we've discovered is that just like in relationships, the form or the conversation that you create with somebody through elements on your web page is universal. 
we often find these elements, and we've noticed patterns, and we're going to show you patterns today to help you diagnose your conversations in such a way to see if they're actually happening. Your value proposition is going to adjust. Prospects, products, we have an entire course on that. What I want to talk to you today is about the power of just making your web pages more conversational, making them, allowing yourself to engage with them so that they can actually hear what you're saying instead of guessing at it. So, for example, I showed you one slide where we took that case study and applied it across multiple product SKUs. In this situation, we did some testing and we discovered the form of conversation that basically the, the, the type of page that created the greatest conversation potential. We discovered what that was and then we applied it to multiple ad groups. And if you could zoom in on the screen, which you can, I understand that. The slides, by the way, will be available tomorrow on SlideShare. I know Paul wanted me to mention that earlier. But when, you, what, when we discovered the form, all we did is we adjusted the focus of each page. If you were to squint and really look closely at the headline, you'll see the headlines change. For the bankruptcy ad group, it was bankruptcy lists. For the new homeowners ad group, it was new homeowners lists. What we did is we found the way to communicate to them the most effective way, and then we actually sub subbed in, in those spots, the kind of things that they're interested in seeing. So now we're going to look a lot closer at form, and we're going to use form to help us see different kind of tests that we can run, but you've got to promise me something. You've got to promise me that you can't take these literally. If you take these literally and you say, John, I took your template, I, I ran off with it and I lost, well, that's your fault. I'm not saying do that. What I'm saying is I want you to take these templates and I want you to use them for what they are. They're guides. They help you see. They help you understand. They help you look at it from the mind of the customer and they help you see, am I even saying enough? Am I saying the right things? Am I introducing myself? Am I just jumping the gun? Did I say hi? You know, it's funny. It's it, it, even in six years of marriage, if I come home and I don't say hi right away, I get in big trouble, right? Or if I don't say hi when I'm visiting a, going to a visitor's house right away to the hosts, I'm in big trouble. You can't get away with it. So why are we trying to get away with it on web pages? That's the kind of stuff that I want you to look for. And that's the kind of stuff that really enables successful template testing. So what is today's focus? We're going to take three of the most common pages along standard conversion paths. We're going to define them for you. We're going to look at what they are in the mind of the customer. We're going to show you some examples that we've pulled, case studies that we've pulled out of our research. We're going to look for patterns, and then we're going to discuss a template. So let's get started with the first one. I'm going to call it the main offer page. Now, the main offer page... Visitors can get there multiple ways. Sometimes they come straight there from the channel, the SEO landing page, even a PPC landing page, right? Some navigate through your site to get there, i.e. directory pages, which we will discuss um, later in the clinic, okay? But this is going to be a page that contains specific product and service information to help a customer come to a decision, in the mind, it is responsible for the most cognitive, cognitive momentum. This is the place where they get super hyped up because after this, you've got a lot of cost. You're going to be asking them to do a lot of things. You're going to be asking them to give their information, to make a commitment. 
you've got to get them committed at this place. So think about that in terms of the conversation. Do you need a smaller conversation or do you need room for a larger conversation? Right? Are you going to book a 15-minute meeting with somebody? You're going to book an hour. I think we're going to need more than 15 minutes here. We're going to need an hour to talk about these kind of things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's take a look at a case study. Now, again, we're looking for patterns, and I'm going to get your help in looking for patterns. This is from TP1530. This is indeed a product page. There are at least four or five different products with this particular group. I oversaw this test. I want you to look at the control, and now I want you to look at the treatment and look for patterns. It's zoomed out for a reason. I don't want you to look too close. I want you to look for patterns. Okay? Just take a look at patterns. This particular test got us 44% more, more leads. Let's look at another one. Here's a product page. Okay? Visitors have to go through this page in order to begin the process. We went from this to this. Look for patterns. Try to see what thing is different. Now I'm going to ask for your help in the next one. Okay? 83% more conversions. And this is conversions, not clicks. TP 1568. We looked at this earlier. From this to this. Look for patterns. 87% more. And then finally, I need your help on this one. From this to this. What are the patterns that you guys are seeing across all these different experiments? Tell me right now. There's a visual process, says Cheryl. What else? I'm looking for Line up the thought flow vertically from top to bottom, supporting clear headlines, less options, simpler flow, strong headline, bullet points, clear, simpler. We've got feature benefit. We've got statement of benefit. We've got clear headlines, clear value prop, button at the bottom, call to action, icons, clear headline, one major call to action button. As you can see, I think you guys are getting it. This one got 324% increase in click-through. Let's look at the commonalities. If I were to put this in a template, a wireframe, this is what I would tell you to focus on. The headline and the subheadline first. You have to introduce yourself. You have to get them started. Hi, my name is. Or if you're just meeting somebody, hey, how's the weather? You've got to start the conversation. That's what the headline and subheadline do. They get you started. Another commonality that we notice is an image. Not always. We're going to talk about a variation in a minute. But something that helps them to understand the value in a primary information column. Again, help them understand, help them come to a conclusion through either an image, through copy, content. Okay? You're, again, you're trying to foster conclusion here. What are the kind of conversational elements that are common in fostering a conclusion? Easy to scan body copy. I saw a lot of this in the feedback. One emphasized call to action doesn't mean you can't have multiple. You got to have one emphasized. We see a lot of that common. Okay? And supporting content. Because not every customer is going to be satisfied with that amount of content. There are some people, and this is proven with personality types, they're so detailed they have to look into additional things. So we help them out with that. Commonalities that we are seeing in the conversations that we create. Now, John, what if all my images are terrible? <laughs> or what if I just I don't have any great images or my copy is actually much stronger? I've tested this, John, and I found out that copy, okay, great. Put the odds in your favor. Substitute that content. 
You saw one of those tests that we showed you earlier. There's a big image of somebody at a keyboard. What does that tell me? Not as much. It doesn't help me draw a conclusion. But if I talk about the product or bring information about the product that will help them make a conclusion and just get rid of the image, sometimes that's going to have more force potential than something else. Again, what we're trying to do is set up the greatest conversation potential. We're trying to put the odds in our favor to help them come to a conclusion. And these are the common things that we're seeing. Okay? Now, what else? What other kind of... Well, John, you know, I've got a couple of different people that come to my page. Um, you know, some have been here before and some haven't. What do you do? Well, sometimes when you have different visitors who like to come back or they do multiple visits per transaction or purchase, one of the things that you need to do is you, you can test actually having an integrated call to action for that particular group. It helps them answer the question, what can I do here? But it also allows them to quickly reiterate what they saw, come to, again, come to a conclusion and begin the process, right? Um, it also allows you to speak in more detail with the rest of these group. Now, what would go in that additional supporting content? We've tested product tours. We've tested, you know, different columns of information. We've tested a number of different presentations. But ultimately, it's the kind of detail that somebody needing more detail is looking for. So when it applies, just like what I said, multiple visitor segments, varying familiarity. What this is great for is if you've got a very forceful value proposition, I've noticed this in a lot of different tests, you can reduce friction by doing this. And um, I've actually seen it not work. And when I did further testing, I discovered that the reason it didn't work is because the force of the value proposition was not strong enough. And then once we got that right and did it again, it worked. So that's the key. There are always going to be exceptions. But again, I want you to think about what are the different kinds of things that will set up the conversation well. I know, I do sound like the bald guy. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to, to point that out. Um, <laughs> any questions? Uh, other, actually, I'll, I'll take some questions in a moment. Let's go on to the next page, a transaction page. This is an easy one, I think, relatively, because... And the thing, if you think about it in the grand scheme, technically, we've already got a commitment. We've already got a conversion commitment. This is usually a page or series of pages dedicated to collecting information. You've got to do this in order to facilitate some sort of transaction. If you're in lead generation, you've got to collect a certain amount of information for you to follow, be able to follow up um, efficiently or effectively. If you're in e-commerce, well, you can't sell them something without some sort of credit card right? This is where that happens. And just to bring you back to that original, um, we actually reviewed this in the latest clinic, um, reducing card abandonment. This is where the most cognitive momentum is lost. And the key here that we've noticed is that you've got, if you think in terms of the mind of the customer, you've got to help them maintain that excitement, that interest, and that commitment that they made on the previous page. So let's take a look at a couple experiments. Um, a good question, what does cognitive momentum mean? Let me quickly address that, James. Cognitive momentum, think about what's going on in the mind of the customer. Think about desire and appeal. When you want something, right, you're like, okay, I want something. But when you hear more about it, it's kind of like, like an Apple product. I mean, if you like Apple products, it, you hear about it and you're kind of interested. But once you see it, 
your interest goes up and then you're like burning with greater desire. And then as you touch it, it gets larger and larger. We actually can help facilitate and create those feelings, that momentum, that desire, that appeal with the content and with the substance and form of our pages. But that begins to lose its wind once you start asking them for stuff in return. Once you see that $1,500 price tag, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, what am I doing? It's the same thing. You're trying to, you're trying to build that up. Hopefully that, that addresses that. So let's take a look at a couple experiments. Look for patterns. TP1498. We went from this. You, you see it's a kind of a simple form to this. Not a lot of changes. Do you guys see any patterns? 7.3%. Okay, not bad, but we are closer to the transaction, so that might mean a lot more. From this, 1268, to this. Do you see any patterns? I want you to know that there was nothing about the form that has changed. Same exact number of form fields. 12% more. From this to this, we're at TP1214. See anything? Look closely. Lydia, very good. Giving customers more information to reassure them about their purchases, right? Customer satisfaction quotes, almost there. Okay, more real face and picture. <laughs> Testimonials, you guys are starting to get it. 97% more. And then finally from this, this is one of my favorites, to this. We actually added form fields, by the way. What's the difference? Do you see the pattern? 109% more. So what's the takeaway? Well, one thing that we see in common is that these pages, again, just like with all the other ones, need to continue a conversation with a headline. And we've also seen patterns in when you explain or help them remember what it is that they're doing, even if it's in short form, it does seem to make a difference as well. When it comes to form fields, always start with the minimum. And what I say minimum, I say minimum to help them believe that they are going to get what they expect. Sometimes we ask for the wrong form, the wrong pieces of information or the pieces of information that don't convince them that it's going to be a good conversation afterwards in Legion or B2B. That's one thing to keep in mind. Also, another pattern is, is the way in which we group form fields and, and we label them, right? Um, is it easy for them to process? We notice that that seems to make a difference. Additional copy, popover links to justify what it is that we're asking for. We see a lot of that in the successful tests. Again, we're just setting up the conversation to be most successful. Will that always work? Not necessarily. But in that very first case study, there were a lot of those. You guys got this one? Reassurance, testimonials, and credibility indicators. We're going to reduce some anxiety at this particular stage because they're having questions maybe about the process or about the product quality. A single clear call to action, we see that's one very common element, conversational element that seems to be uh, prevalent. Additional credibility indicators in close proximity. Because people aren't, when they're at that decision point, they're not looking around. They're actually dead set right there, credit card in hand, and trying to decide, will I do this? Should I do this? And again, these aren't literal templates. If you take these literally, I'm going to be mad. These are guides. These are patterns. Use these as a beginning to test. Now let's go to the final page, the directory page. This is an interesting one. 
I would classify a directory page as one that has either it's like a home page or a category page, but ultimately you're trying to get them closer to that primary, that main offer page, right? The goal of these pages is not necessarily to get a, to completely sell the product. It's to get them to that place where they can make a decision. Again, relating it to the mind. This is where we're at. We're trying to keep their attention long enough so that we can then begin building that interest and that appeal, okay? This is, it's like when you go into a grocery store and you're looking for something specific, you just need to get there, and then you can make a decision. But if you can't even find the bread aisle, you might just leave or get really mad and never come back. It's the same thing. So let's take a look at a couple experiments. From this to this. Now, this, isn't, this is slightly different, but I want you to look at the patterns here. 19%. From this to this. See any patterns? 25%. From this to this, again, look for those patterns, 63%. From this to this, uh-oh, my breaking rules here, three even weighted columns? No, I'm going to explain that in a minute. Again, we're on directory pages. We're trying to get people to where they need to go, 331%. So what are the commonalities? What are the conversational elements that we're seeing in common here? This is one thing that a lot of companies miss. It's a great opportunity. Headline, subheadline. Help them put the entire site into perspective, where they enter into it. I just recalled maybe one test in the last month where all we changed was the headline and four bullet points. And we had, what was it, like a, three, a 30 or 40% increase in conversions. It's like $2 million increase in top line revenue annually. One headline and four bullets. Sometimes an image, body copy, right? Point first header, helping them understand what can be done and what they should do. And this is the most important part. I need you to really understand this. The content appears to be equally weighted, but it has to be written to attract a very specific type of prospect. That's the key to this. You want them to only see one in their mind because the rest are just not relevant. That's the key. But John, what if I have two? What if I have two prospects? Okay, well then do two. <laughs> don't do three, right? Try to guide them and don't just guide them in the way you think they guide themselves. You have to think, you've got to figure out how exactly they classify themselves because that's what they're looking for. They're trying to find their way. You have to meet up with them somehow, right? So what makes this different? You're just substituting sections of content. What if I don't need all that? You know, what if I've tested that and adding all that, you know, copy is just making things worse? Well, we've seen, I actually saw a test where um, one gentleman changed, he's a follower of ours, he changed the headline and that was it on his homepage. One headline, just one headline, 100% increase. I got the data and I validated it in the test protocol. I was just shocked. A headline can do that. Can change the entire way Somebody looks at a page. Again, you're just increasing the odds in your favor. You're increasing the conversation potential of the page by making sure that you're actually talking to them. Now, what you talk about may make a difference in conversion. In fact, it's more likely to. That's the force of your value proposition. But you can't be forceful if you don't say anything. You've got to say something. That's what I want to emphasize here today. 
Now, at the end of the day, we're running short on time. At the end of the day, you have to test. In fact, if you were to run a template test, I would recommend that you set up tracking so that you can see differences in different segments. Because you might discover one segment might be isolated to one personality type, which is more detailed, and which they'll need to see more. But ultimately, this is where you're starting. You're starting right here at the very beginning. You're trying to get into the zone. And oftentimes, just setting the tone, setting the context by just having a conversation can make an incredible difference. So um, we've only got maybe two or three minutes left. I want to quickly get into two minutes left. Um, I want to use the most time that I possibly can in this 35 minutes. Uh, so let's go into some live optimization. And I want to use this framework to evaluate these pages. First, um, they just threw that in there. I didn't see it. Lead Gen Summit. <laughs> I sound like the bald guy again. Uh, save $500 by July 1. Uh, these summits are great. I really enjoy them, and not because I work for Marketing Sherpa, etc. So I just want you to be aware of that. Let's go into some live op. First page you want to look at, looks like it's a what kind of page? Audience. I'm looking for, I'm waiting, we're losing time. What kind of page is this? Directory, thank you. Okay, this is a, clearly you can't sell anything on this page. I mean, there's just way too much. So how would you guys optimize this page? I'm watching, I'm watching right now. How would you, what's the one thing that's missing right now? Um, just give me one thing. <laughs> Headline, thank you. Call to action. Okay, expose more for clear sections. You guys are seeing it. There is no conversation. Now, I'm sure, uh, again, I, I want to be great to 3M. I'm sure they're doing the best that they can. I'm sure they have a lot of different prospect groups. But there's got to be some sort of primary value proposition or common context that you can give people while they're trying to figure out what they're doing. Okay, very good. Headline, subhead, and headline, call to action, no clear path. I don't know where to go. Okay, very good. Now, because we're short on time, I want to go to the next page. All right, I want to show you guys that you can see. Let's go to the next page. Um, let's get to the PowerPoint or something. We're really uh, short on time here. It's up there. Okay, Automute. Okay, what kind of page is this, everybody? Let me hear it, audience. What kind of page? Can't see it? We can't see it. Can everybody see Automute? Product, thank you. All right, it looks like this is a product page, okay? So think about it. People buying, people trying to buy, you know, panels for audio. What do you think they care about more? Do you think they care about how the audio panel looks, even though it's going into the walls? Uh, what do you think they care about? Specs, okay, and then there are details, more information. So how, what kind of conversation potential could you increase here? What kind of things, just CMS-wise, could you do here? What kind of information that's somewhere else could be, what would you guys do? Tell me what you do. Bullet highlights, yes, reviews, social proof, more tabs, less images, get rid of ads, bullets, headline, copy, testimonials, more text. I mean, you guys are starting to see. I mean, clearly, if people are making a decision on this, they probably care more about the specs. You've got to test that to be sure. Why aren't those in the primary eye path? Okay? Why aren't those there? Do you guys, are you guys starting to see that even though the information is up there, general, you've got all this stuff hidden in the tabs, just by taking that and putting it in the primary eye path, you could actually change their entire behavior. Because this may, they may be on this page and out in 30 seconds. 
Does that make sense? Are you guys starting to see? Are you guys starting to see just conversation potential, not even on content? Um, I don't know if we're out of time. Do we have time for one more or are we done? We're done. Oh, sad. Sad. I was just having fun there. Okay, thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. Um, I just want to um, make you guys aware that um, we really enjoy doing the research. Um, and I'm actually trying to get to the last slide here, guys. But thank you again for your time. Thank you for the 35 minutes. I hope this is helpful. Slides will be available tomorrow on SlideShare. And if you have any questions, feel free to spam Paul or me. We're available on Twitter. Um, and you can find that on the deck as well. Thanks a bunch, everybody, and I hope you have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.